Hello, and welcome to another episode of Endeavor. Uh, I'm your host, Jason Breitkoff, and if you're just tuning in for the first time, this is a podcast where we talk about education, learning, uh, test prep, uh, applications to college, and all things in that nature. And uh, right now, we're doing a great series this summer called Hacking Your Own SAT. Uh, This is a series that you know, if you're a school administrator or teacher or guidance counselor, you're a parent at home, you run a nonprofit uh, neighborhood community center, and you want to build an SAT program for your student or students, and there aren't any uh, resources nearby, this is a great way to do that. This series is hosted by Neil Cound. Uh, he is the CEO of Chiton, the company that sponsors Endeavor and my boss, and a great guy all around. And so he's going to be uh, interviewing me in this. This is the third episode in our series, and this episode is on pre-assessment basics. Now, if you remember back to the first episode uh, on this topic a couple of weeks ago where I introduced Neil and his kind of introduction to what hacking your own SAT program is, I did a little um, clip of me talking about pre-assessments because I thought we had lost this audio, so I was so happy to find it a couple days ago, buried in another file. So I was able to clean it up a little. We've got it here, and uh, Neil does a great job uh, asking me really good questions so I can answer uh, the the question of what should you do as a pre-assessment for your own SAT program. So Neil, thank you so much. Take it away. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in again. Uh, This is Neil Count. Uh, I've got Jason Breitkoff here again. we are going to talk about pre-assessment basics. So essentially when you think about kind of an SAT class, um, generally speaking, you want to have a pre-assessment before the students start the class. So why are we doing an entire video and article related to this? Um, Because it's insanely important. Um, You need to ensure that students are taking an actual pre-assessment before they start an SAT class. And so um, what we're going to do is we're going to ask Jason again here, our resident expert, um, some questions related to this. I'm going to do my best to not be boring. Um, I got some feedback on the last video that I seemed a little bored. I assure you I'm not bored. Um, so I'm going to try to be a little bit more engaging on this video, Jason. I'm not sure how to do it. Maybe give me some coaching on that. Eye contact. It's uh, all about eye contact. Eye contact. Got it. I prefer to look at my computer. but I understand. You know, you're, you're a driven <laughs> professional individual, and I respect that. So I cool. understand. All right, great. All right, so let's talk about the PSAT. Yes. So um, for a lot of SAT classes, people, a lot of questions that we get, whether it's at a school or in any of our centers, is can we use the PSAT as a pre-assessment before an SAT class? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? The interesting thing is I hear that uh, question a lot myself, and my opinion is absolutely. In fact, it is probably the best pre-assessment for an SAT class because hmm. it's written, produced, published by the same people who write the SAT. And it's something that the vast majority of juniors who are going to be taking these SAT classes will have taken. Uh, And that way you don't have to do any extra work. You don't have to uh, uh, create an event, host, put together an entire pretest for an SAT class at your school. So I've, I've actually heard from a couple counselors and a couple tutors actually that some of them believe that, and, and all respect to the College Board, that the PSAT somewhat waits, or like it might be a little bit easier 
to kind of incense students to take the SAT versus the ACT, which hmm. is a big accusation, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Right? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, is there any evidence for that? I'm just only bringing it up because I've heard a couple counselors actually ask me that question. And candidly, I, didn't know how to, I really didn't know how to respond to that. I have actually heard the same thing from counselors, teachers, parents, students. Okay. Um, and I've got to tell you, I've done deep dives into both the officially released PSATs that the College Board has at times posted on their website yep. and the other PSATs that students have taken over the last um, two years. Okay. And in the sense that the PSAT is written for sophomores and juniors at the beginning of their junior year. Yep. And the SAT is written for a target audience of students at the end of their junior year and the beginning of their senior year. Yes, the PSAT is slightly easier, hmm. but you're also targeting a slightly younger target audience. Okay. But not significantly easier. Um, there's a, a handful of math topics that are on the SAT that are not on the PSAT, and those are usually topics at the highest level of Algebra 2 in the beginning of pre-calculus. Yep. But the majority of the math is the same. The grammar skills are identical. Yep. The, um, there is no essay, so the PSAT is noticeably easier that way since the essay is a very challenging right, essay right. on the SAT. Yep. And the reading passages are of approximately the same level. So I would say that that is more myth than reality. Okay, okay, gotcha. Now, what about taking, though, an SAT, an actual SAT practice test versus a PSAT? Does it, does it matter one way or the other? I mean, like, I mean, what, what would you do if you were designing a class? So let me tell you what I would do. I, yeah. Absolutely, that's, a great, that's a great. Um, think of it this way. When you're going to be building an SAT class, the absolute best practice material is the eight practice tests that the College Board has released. Got it. You can download them for free from the SAT website. Yep. yep. Or you can buy the College Board's book. All eight tests are the exact same tests. Mm -hmm. The only benefit to buying the book would be the explanations. Okay. Uh, if you're going to buy them for a group of students at your school. But do you really want to burn through one of those eight tests as a practice test? When the students are taking the PSAT anyway. And the College Board is mm -hmm. absolutely, and again, I have a lot of problems with the College Board. I don't agree with them on everything. Um, they're going to tell you that prep doesn't help. I don't buy that. Um, but one thing that they're right about is that the PSAT is the single best predictor of how a student would perform on the SAT in October of the junior year. Remember, the College Board offers an October test and a November test, one two weeks before the PSAT and one two weeks after. Mm -hmm. So what they're saying is that if you take the PSAT and you took one of the two SATs, either the October SAT or November SAT, as a junior, you would score about the same. Okay. That's how much of a predictor the PSAT is. Hmm. So this is one of the few areas where I agree with them, 100%. Okay. okay. Now, um, in terms of, the, but I guess then a follow-up question to that, though, is related to prepping, right? So mm -hmm. should someone prep before the PSAT? Not generally. Uh, the PSAT is not used by colleges for admissions. It just isn't. Right. Colleges can see your scores even though technically they don't, but they use it for marketing purposes. So based on your PSAT result, a student will start to receive emails, uh, packages in the snail mail, yeah. uh, brochures, yeah. postcards from colleges that say, wow, you scored in a range that we think you might qualify for our school. So it's useful to colleges 
for marketing. Yeah. The other big issue is that the PSAT is the qualifying test for the National right. Merit Scholarship. Right. Now, a lot of schools are starting to offer the PSAT to 10th graders yeah. or require their 10th graders to take it. So if you scored close to National Merit range as a sophomore, that's the only time I would recommend prep specifically for the PSAT. Got it. Because if you want to hit that National Merit Scholarship and you're close, then you want to reach for it. The only other time that you're prepping for the PSAT is if you're doing SAT prep over the summer before junior year mm -hmm. and, you're wa and you want to take as a student an early SAT. Um, you're a high-flying student, an AP type student, and you want to do it in the fall for the first time instead of the spring where everybody else yep. takes it, just to make your junior year less stressful. Or you're a student athlete or somebody else who's recruitable yep. and you want to get those early scores in so that coaches can say, yeah, you could qualify academically. See, because that's a, that's a big question we get a lot from schools, right, mm -hmm. is should our sophomores also take the PSAT in addition to juniors, right? So, I mean, yeah. what, what are your thoughts on that? I don't think it's a bad thing. I think, in my opinion, the point of the PSAT, uh, the SAT and the PSAT, the point of those tests is not about content knowledge. Mm -hmm. uh, the College Board can say it is, but really they're problem-solving tests. They're puzzle tests, and they're all about handling stress and pressure. Um, truthfully, if colleges want to know how good Johnny the student is at math, they're going to look at Johnny's transcripts and they're going to say, oh, Johnny took precalculus and took honors precalculus and Johnny got a B plus. Right. Johnny's okay at math. Yeah. So they're not really using the PSAT or the SAT to say, how is Johnny doing in math? Yeah. They're looking at it to say, how can Johnny handle the pressure, the problem solving, think outside the norm, mm -hmm. outside the metaphorical box and problem solve. So having your students take it as a sophomore is actually a good idea because it, it builds up their immunity to the pressure. It gives them more experience with it and experience uh, is, is what destroys the pressure of these tests. Yep, got it, got it. Um, and I guess then just related to, related to that, right? So, you know, you and I have run some, some uh, practice tests at schools and students weren't really prepared just in terms of being able, even being able to take an actual conditions test, mm -hmm. right? So like, are there some basics that students should know though, right, related to like, what's the calculator you should bring? Like, what are, what are the basics that students should know so that that way they're not kind of coming in and completely surprised? If I was setting up a practice test, whether it's the PSAT as an actual test, yep. uh, or if I was just doing a, an extra practice test, I would give the students a brief list of please remember to bring these things. Like, bring pencils. Yep. Yep. Like, you know, that's not a part of the test, even though it's a part of the test. Bring a bring pencils. Bring a calculator. Uh, bring a timepiece that's not your phone. Yep. Like, you know, a cheap watch. Like, go right. to Walmart and take buy a five dollar watch. Right. Right. Just something to to have on you because I know that I've proctored tests under real conditions, and the proctors on the SAT are supposed to say. You have 10 minutes remaining. Yep. You have two minutes remaining. And they sometimes forget because they're human. Yep. So have a timepiece on you. Bring a snack. Things like that are the things that I think are important for students to know in advance. It's actually a good idea for students to take that first, whether it's sophomore or junior year PSAT cold, because you get to know how they handle that pressure. Absolutely. You Absolutely. can't fix a problem unless you identify the problem. Yep. Fully agree. Fully agree. Um, in terms of... 
you know, kind of taking an online exam versus an actual conditions test, right? So I think mm -hmm. kind of the norm is, or what most people recommend, take the actual conditions to your point to understand kind of the stress and those types of things, right? But are online exams though useless then in terms of, because like for most online courses, right? And, and right. for many people on here, they're considering taking an online SAT course or they're considering, you know, using online tools to build their SAT course. What is an online exam? Is it useless, I guess, then for a pre-assessment? That's a good question, and I have a hard time with that. I think online exams are great for practice. Okay. Uh, but the problem is, is that currently, the PSAT and the SAT are only administered as paper-based tests. Right. They're not administered on a computer. Yeah. Now, I've been to graduate school. I took the GRE. The GRE is only generally administered on a computer. Right. And so when I prepped and I worked out of a book, that actually put me at a disadvantage when I went into the test. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So the, uh, the opposite is, is true here. If you only do online prep, if you only do practice questions online, you only watch videos, you only do computer-based tests, that can put you at a slight disadvantage for a paper-based test because you've never done it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like if you're going to you know, play baseball, Practicing against the pitching machine is not the same as practicing against a live pitcher. Right. You, you have to do it that way yep. at yep. least once. Yep. So I think they're a valuable tool, but for the pre-assessment, I would. That's why I think using the real PSAT is such a good tool because it is administered exactly as the SAT is supposed to be administered. Got it. Got it. Cool. Um, last question for you is related to comparison tests. Yes. Right. So, uh, for those who don't, who aren't too aware of it, there are plenty of exams out there that students take that kind of com that combine the SAT and the ACT. Right. So, obviously, in this series that we're going through right now, we're not talking about the ACT, but the comparison test is something that most organizations like ours and others offer. Right. And it just kind of gives students that kind of data enhanced view to see which test they should take. Is that a test you could use as a pre-assessment, or would you not recommend that as a pre-assessment for an SAT class? Yes and no. Um, okay. If the question is, should we offer SAT or ACT instruction, then a comparison test is perfect. Mm -hmm. What the comparison tests, whether it's ours or anybody else's, what they do is show you head-to-head -head on which test you scored better at that moment. Yep. So you would get, for example, I know the score reports from our comparison test. We show you a mock SAT score and a mock ACT score, and you can straight up compare them. Yeah. The mock ACT score will have a comparable SAT result, and the mock a ACT score will have a comparable SAT result. Yeah. And you can compare them head up. Yeah. However, if you know that my school is an SAT school, 99.9% .9 of my students are going to take the SAT only a handful of students are going to do the ACT, yeah. we're a PSAT school, we don't do the pre-ACT, yeah. then that I think would just be confusing to the families. Yeah. It's an incredibly valuable tool when used correctly. Just like if you want to hammer a nail into a board, you don't pull out a screwdriver. Yeah, got it. Excellent. Well, good. Helpful information. Hope you all took something uh, from it. Uh, as always, please leave your comments, questions below, anything at all we can help you, please let us know. Even feel free to let me know if I was less boring on this video than the last one. Maybe we'll kind of continuously get improvement here. Um, as Jason said, repetitions are key, so that's, that's the way I'm looking at it. Um, anyway, thanks again for joining. Thank you, Neil. That was just a great conversation. It was one of the favorite, uh, my favorite things that I've done for the podcast. Um, I just had a great conversation with Neil. Um, so thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments or feedback, please, uh, you can find us on Twitter at 
our handle at Endeavor Pod. If you leave a message there, if you tweet me or um, mention the 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 Twitter handle. I'll get a notification. I'll be able to answer any comments you have. You can also leave a comment on uh, iTunes. Uh, I don't check that as often. Uh, And if you just like the episode, you can like it uh, in your podcast app of choice. Give us a positive rating in iTunes or another podcast service. And as always, you can subscribe, which means you will get the episodes right away. They'll just download straight to your phone or other podcast listening device. So thank you so much for listening. I look forward to another episode coming out pretty shortly. And then every week for the rest of the summer, we're doing another episode on hacking your own SAT program. Thanks so much. And as always, let's keep learning.